Welcome to of Werewolf the Podcast. This episode's going to be a little bit different because it's live. Yes, that's right. I am talking to everyone, anyone that is listening live right now, and I'm shooting out the link to places on social media where people might be interested in joining us. So throwing that out there and inviting people to come and talk werewolf with me. Interestingly enough, I just got a message from Terry Robinson of Mage the Podcast, totally unrelated to Werewolf in, well, sort of, but I'm answering his question live, and then I'm going to type it to him live. He asks, so does the Shadow Lord Kinfolk book and the many names of Heimdale book have the same image on purpose? The answer is no. I just like the image and wanted to use it for one of my books. So far, we don't have any listeners. I wasn't sure if this would be something that I could just pop in and do and people would show up for. Um, If I don't get any listeners in a minute, I think I'll probably, I don't know, start talking about story hooks or something like that. I'm really doing this to test my equipment, test this idea, see if it works, and just kind of roll with it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's working? If you're listening to this live, um, which I don't think you are, because it would tell me if there were listeners, um, or if you're listening to this in the future when I post it, you know, turn around and let me know. Right. So let's see. What are different things that you could run as a werewolf game. Well, we have been talking Shadow Lords recently. I've been thinking about Shadow Lords, Shadow Lord Kinfolk in particular recently, because we put together a Kinfolk book. So Neil Litherland and I have been working on this series of 100 Kinfolk for each of the various tribes. So each of the books has uh, a short paragraph, uh, three to four sentences usually about a specific kinfolk, where they're from, what they are, uh, what they do, um, different things like that. It can be a lot of fun. One, it's a lot of fun to put together. And two, can be really helpful if you're like, geez, I really need two kinfolk for this particular tribe. And I have no idea. I have no I don't want to use the same Bob that I use in every one of my stories. I want to do something a little bit different. Well, this is an opportunity for you to dig into the book and just grab something and say, hey, okay, here are um, uh, Amanda Madani and um, uh, Broken Claw. Those are both um, different NPCs that have been in the book. Um, We've done nine of them so far, so definitely helpful. So from a story hook standpoint, let's see, from a story hook standpoint, I would use the kinfolk of the Shadow Lords to do a couple of different things. One, they are just like their um, tribe in that they are willing to work with and interact with those who are, let's say, not... 
always on the level. Like they're willing to do things that are underhanded. They're willing to work um, with the mob. They're willing to work with a cultist. They're willing to work with vampires. Particularly, I think Shadow Lord Kinfolk are willing to get a little bit of worm tape to get things done. Because for them, it's all about getting things done. And just sometimes um, it's, you know, it's a space for them to get into trouble and do things that they shouldn't do. Um, I think that's the really interesting thing about the Shadow Lords is they're always, they're always going to be doing just a little bit too much. Um, so something interesting. Oh, I've joined someone. Dude of New Windsor has entered the live studio. Welcome. Do you have any questions? Type them in the chat. I think there's a chat. I have a chat on my end of things. Um, and give me a direction to ramble in. Let's see, is there anybody else here? Um, anyway, so I was rambling about uh, Shadow Lord Kinfolk. And one plot idea that I would have with a Shadow Lord Kinfolk is that they go a little bit too far. Um, got blank enters the live studio at the moment. So this uh, kinfolk goes too far and they make a deal with the prince of a city. Now this shouldn't be a major city. It should be a minor um, city and maybe let's see what country would be really good for a minor city, the Netherlands or perhaps Belgium and they're a small city in one of these two um, countries. Ooh, new star Wars movie. Okay. Let's go in, off in a different direction. Hi, Crystal. Um, let's talk real quick about Werewolf and New Star Wars. I think the New Star Wars movie is interesting because it talks about um, the different, and this is going to get into spoiler territory. If anyone uh, doesn't want spoilers, please, it's okay. Stop listening. Um, but there's some interesting elements of being on both sides of the force. So I think werewolves are very good at that being, you know, uh, both spiritual and physical, and you can um, play into these dyad elements that were present in the new Star Wars movie if you wanted to in your werewolf game. So that's an interesting direction to take it in. Interesting question. Dude of New Windsor, I appreciate it. Crystal, I hope things are going well for you. Um, I know that we haven't gotten a chance to work on anything together in a little bit, but would love to uh, if we get uh, get the chance at some point soon. Um, oh, you're calling in. Yeah. Let me say yes. Let's see what happens. Hi. Hey, Crystal. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing really well. I'm actually getting over a cold, um, and today's the first day that I felt like I could talk. So uh, interesting day to try this out. Oh, no, that's no good. Zinc. Lots of zinc. Yeah, I've been uh, taking um, uh, whatever it's called, Zycam or something like that, just to help oh, out. Oh, that has tons of zinc mm -hmm. in it, yeah. Yep. So, how are things? Um, good. I'm actually on uh, winter break for my day job, so. Oh, awesome. I have, like, my whole day free. <laughs> well, this is a good day for me to randomly try this out and uh, and talk to people then. Yeah, I figured I'd try to do the call-in thing and see how it works for you. Yeah, it seems to be working fine. I can hear you perfectly, um, so that's always a good thing. Awesome. So um, for anyone that's listening, tell us about your favorite werewolf tribe. That's the random thing that I'm going to ask you oh. about. 
favorite rare, uh, werewolf tribe? Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I would have to say either the Stargazers or um, the Black Furies. Great, both good tribe choices. Say, hey, so we've got another caller, uh, Twin Cities by Night. So I'm going to let them in as well. Awesome. Welcome, Welcome Twin, Twin Cities by Night. Is What's, this Chris? Yeah, this is him. What's up? What's up, Chris? Good to have you here, bud. Um, Thank you. Know, you. Drinking all the, the green tea and ignoring all of that uh, cold brew as we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You know it. <laughs> um, so Crystal and Chris are with us. Um, Chris, you have not played Werewolf before, to my knowledge. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I have not. Okay. But you've read a couple of the, or you've read a little bit of the material on the game, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'd call myself like familiar with it for sure. Yeah. Okay. But not to the extent like you are at all. <laughs> Which do you think is your favorite tribe? If you had to choose one, if I'm holding a gun to your head and you're like, hey, tribe. Uh, with my knowledge, I really am drawn to the Silver Fangs because yes. I love the whole concept of uh, incestuous nobility, I guess, you know, and the concept of like these chosen. It, it reminds me of the Romans almost in a weird way. So mm-hmm. that, that I know, you know, with the limited knowledge, I know about them. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Their um, houses Crystal are really awesome. Mm, yeah, tell us about the houses, Crystal. Oh, um... <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing you on the spot. <laughs> the only one that I'm very familiar with is House Falcon. Okay. Um, but I basically um, follow the Falcon, Falcon totem spirit. And, uh, yeah, he's a dick. yes you know um when chris was saying like incestuous nobility that is absolutely true about the silver fangs they are um kind of like the ventru of uh of the werewolves in in a lot of ways and i know chris you're a vampire person so that definitely makes a lot of sense um the interesting thing for me about the different houses is they are uh, a lot of them are based in the UK. There's like three of the houses that are based in the UK and then like two in Russia. I think there's an interesting um, statement about nobility and things like that and aristocracy by focusing on those areas, but uh, definitely. A exactly. Fun yeah. And I think like, I think what kind of drives me to them is the fact that I think sometimes uh, and again, by far, I'm not a subject matter expert, so forgive my ignorance, but sometimes it seems that people who are into werewolf forget the horror aspect of it. And I think that like some, like I find it personally scary that you have these leaders, you know, quote unquote leaders of a movement who are, could be borderline insane because it's, you know, incestuous behavior, but who have the flaws of, you know, thinking their nobility and just to me that I find that I find that to be very like, you know, scary and horrific in a way, you know, so you have these big raging monsters who are inbred who think they're right leading a cause, you know, and yeah, it's a scary shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Crystal, are you still with us? Cause I've got a question for you about horror and those two tribes that you mentioned before. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, is there like a, I think there's one thing that, comes to mind for me for silent striders for horror but is there something specifically for the black furies that you're like hmm, this is a horror direction we could take this tribe in um i always think that excess can be horrific <laughs> and, and with the black furies it's so easy to go over the top mm-hmm. that it becomes it becomes like this weird twisted horror of a person 
um, trying to find their place in the world. And it's almost like the, the female version of the Joker movie. Ah, I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. I mean, there, there are that too. <laughs> Someone's got a lot of static, and it might be Chris. Yeah, hold, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm trying to figure out how I can mute myself here. Oh, I don't think you can. I think you can only disconnect. Okay, I can. Okay, uh, okay. Hold on one second. Let me. Uh, here, I'll call back in. Give me a second. Sorry. Okay, no worries. I was I was worried that I'd have there to put go. up my mic and everything like that, but I'm good right now no. in my apartment. So yeah, I can hear you fine, and you're coming in without any sort of static or anything. Um, so before we dig into that some more, due to New Windsor, so Werewolf, uh, the podcast is a podcast about Werewolf the Apocalypse, which is a tabletop role-playing game focused specifically around being a monstrous werewolf. Um, so you are a werewolf that has been born a werewolf and you have a change into a werewolf at some point in your life. Uh, it's kind of an ecological horror game as well as a little bit of a body horror game. So, so should, just to let you know, um, uh, is this this is Josh, right? It was me talking just a moment ago, yeah. But I was answering okay. Dude of New so, Windsor, yeah. So, Josh, with the with Pod uh, Podbean, mm -hmm. um, when you live cast, it goes up on their front page. Yeah, I've heard so that, which I'm cool with. So. And I did a really brief introduction before. Uh, I think most people tuned in, kind of explaining what it was about, but. No big deal. I'm interested yeah. in, to see who shows up. Is this the crystal who writes for Onyx Path, by the way? Yeah, this is. Awesome, awesome. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So Chris runs Twin Cities by Night, which is one of the uh, the best actual plays that's out there. They do a lot of different <sighs> Onyx Path games and White Wolf games, and uh, uh, the crew over there is amazing. Some of my favorite people in the, uh, in the WAD gaming scene. Well, I'm going to have to buy you green tea now for saying that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am still getting caught up on all of my actual plays. There are so many of them out there right now. It's so hard to keep up. That's the truth. There are so many out there. I don't, I don't fault people at all if they haven't listened to us. So I don't take any, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't catch feelings about that at all. There's just so many good ones out there. And there's just, especially now with the V five, you know, being out and everything, there are a lot of actual plays out there for world of darkness stuff. So, or, you know, on top of all the other games that are out there. Yeah. I'm really, I'm loving all of the actual plays that are out there. And I really, really like, I can't wait for summer because I'd be able to sit down and just binge watch all of the actual mm -hmm. plays. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, listen to podcasts at work. That's what I do is I, I'm actually listening to a friend's right now, the esoteric order of role players. I just listen to them at work and it kills time. And uh, that's why I prefer the podcast format. Just easier to get around at work with. That's fair. I'm, I'm a teacher. So that's a little harder for me to do. Yeah. Oh, harder, awesome. Or to set the students aside and say, hey, I'm going to listen to something right now. Yeah, right. Oh, this is a learning note. You can pull out the old TV that they had when we were going to school with the VCR on there and figure out how to get like Twitch up on there or something and get them to watch, you know? Oh, they, most of the schools now have projectors for their, their walls. So oh. they the Twitch stream of like, you know, V5 because that wouldn't get me fired. No, not, not at all. At all. <laughs> That's awesome.
So, Crystal, since we have you here, you're a captive. You're not captive. You can leave at any time. But um, <laughs> is there anything that you're working on for Onyx Path right now that you can talk to us about? Um, currently, no, I'm not working on anything mm. for Onyx Path. Um, I am hoping to get on a couple of different projects that will hopefully be coming up soon. Um, but I've been working on a couple of other outside projects. Oh, awesome. Are it's you working on, on PIP system-related stuff? Um, there is some PIP system related stuff. There's a lot of PIP system related stuff, actually. Nice, nice. So, um, modern, uh, the modern RPG from, mm -hmm. I think it's Higher Grounds. Yep. Um, we're doing a PIP system conversion for that. Nice. And, um, there is a, um, March going to be released. Someone's really noisy background there. So um, in March, there's going to be a release for a quick start that I'm writing right now for Ironbound Adventures, which is a going to be a role-playing game um, based off of uh, Wicca. Oh, interesting. And again, the writer is, um, she's a, a practicing um, Wiccan and is taking a whole bunch of different aspects from the religion and putting it into a really cool role-playing game. Mm. And we're doing a PIP system conversion for it and a 5e conversion. Cool. That sounds really interesting. Obviously, it's like it dovetails with some of my religious interests in area. So I'm going to... What's the name of that again? Uh, it's going to be Ironbound Adventures. It's going to be Ironbound. on Kickstarter. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be on Kickstarter in March. Cool. I'll have to keep my eye out for it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And um, working on something for Black Void over January which is um, uh, like a uh, horror in space RPG. Kind of like uh, Eclipse Phase is horror in space, like, or like aliens, like horror in space? What it, kind of horror? It's mixed with aliens. It, mm. it's, um, it, it's so, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that kind of mixes with it. Oh, similar to um, L5R with Corruption. Okay. Okay. So um, there's a corruption aspect to it. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm going to be doing a scenario for that. That sounds awesome. Right now I'm trying to convince, well, I'm not trying yet, but I'm going to try and convince uh, my group of players who are all hanging out for New Year's Eve to play uh, Aeon. So Trinity Continuum Aeon for folks that are listening that know what that is. Um, oh. And I am going to lean into a little bit of the um, Firefly stuff. Oh, nice. But I'm also, because I, everything I run is horror, I'm going to have a little bit of like body horror and like stuff like that happen. Probably some Reaver-like characters. Oh, goodness. That's that's awesome. I love I love horror it, like and how people interpret different types of things. So Yeah, a uh, great game for sci-fi horror that uh that I've really got into well, I'm not hardcore into it, but I really want to get more into is Eclipse Phase. Oh yeah. I don't know if any Oh yeah. Uh, that game is so sick. I didn't uh you know Tillman from our group. He uh he got hardcore into it and like I played one one shot with him, and I just kind of fell in love with the system. I keep bugging about running a chronicle eventually, but I just I was so blown away. It's so much more than I thought it would be. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that game, when it first came out, my crew um, back in New Hampshire was super crazy into it. And I've never been a huge sci-fi person. Like, I like superheroes and fantasy. Like, those are the two genres I, and horror, of course, but like fantasy horror generally and not, um, and not, um, anyway, whatever, modern sort of stuff so much or sci-fi stuff so much. Um, Yes, modern. I don't know. I'm babbling here. I'm not even sure what my point was. But... um, (laughs) Eclipse phase for me, like the thing that I loved about it is you can literally do anything in it. Like the world is so open for that. And I liked the D100 system. Um, and the second edition, which just came out for that uh, by Post Human Studios and Adam Jury and the wonderful team that they have. Um, love them, love everyone that's involved on making that book. So yeah, Chris, I'm just babbling to say that I fucking agree. Yeah. And, and like <laughs> one thing that, uh, Sorry. And one thing that I really like about it is the way that Tillman runs it. I mean, I'm not trying to promote our shit or whatever, but we have a, two one shots that are on our podcast for it. And it's just like, so oh. anyways, I just love it because I love there's so many possibilities. Like you said, system wise, I mean, I'm always kind of a dunce when it comes to systems. I, I learn as I go, but what really pulls me in kind of is like the tone and the themes that you'll find in a game. And that, I mean, just the possibilities are so endless. And I, I literally could sit and listen to Tillman talk about it for hours hours about the different things that go on in that game so i just hope you know to get to explore it one day you know so many games but so little time definitely yeah Yeah. i think for me system wise like the d100 like element as simple as it is like rolling under your percentage that you have to hit just seems really sleek and easy to understand like people get that immediately so that's answering i think terry robinson's question who i'm assuming is philly curiosity unless it's someone else (laughs) Hi, Terry. <laughs> Terry is great. And Crystal, have you met Terry in person? I think you did at uh, Gen Con, right? I, I, if I did, I'm so horrible with faces. No worries. If I have, I am so sorry if I cannot remember exactly who you are. But if I see your face again, I will remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's the uh, one of the gentlemen for Mage the podcast. So um, they do Got great that. work over okay. there. Mm-hmm. Yes, then I do remember who that is. Okay. Awesome. So I have a question for you, Josh. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Would you ever consider doing a PIP system conversion for Snowhaven? Oh, that is you you threw the hard question at me. Now the easy <laughs> answer is yes. Um, I would definitely be interested in doing that. Um, the key right now is we just need to get Snowhaven out. And, and I figured that was that was the big one for you. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, for folks that aren't aware that might be listening, Snowhaven is my um, project that's, um, it's a snowpunk fantasy RPG setting for 5th edition, Savage Worlds, and Pathfinder 1st edition. And I'm very excited for it. It's been a lot of work. We put tons of writing work into it. Um, I'm doing development on it right now. And I have I've been struggling to do development because I don't want to cut and adjust and edit any of the great stuff that's there. Uh, but that's the part of the process I'm in right now is figuring out what here has to stay here and what should go. Um, hopefully, we're going to still hit our February deadline. But uh, But yeah. Crystal, I would be interested in doing a PIP system uh, conversion for it. We every time I say snowpunk, everyone's like, "Wait a minute, what's <laughs> <Right>? that?" <laughs> they tune right in right away. I think uh, it definitely helped the Kickstarter when we were doing that. 
Yeah, it was, um, I, when, when I talked with you about it and you sent me all the information, I was like, this is amazing. Why haven't I thought of this? I live in Wisconsin. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, like it's the brainchild of a really good friend of mine, Justin Weaver, who he created it back initially in the 3.0 era and didn't really take it very far, like created the world, like a couple of pages. We played a few games in it, and then he converted it big time for Pathfinder at one point, uh, and then ended up just throwing away all of the Pathfinder material he made, which is a shame because we could could have used it in the Pathfinder conversion. But um, but yeah, I love it as a setting. It's so cool. It's super like, it's just gritty enough that I yeah. think gets people's like, uh, interest on that end, but it's not too gritty where you're like, this, this is hopeless. It's like, no, there's hope in the grit. I, I really like the fact that the gritty, a lot of the gritty comes from the actual weather, mm -hmm. which tends to be overlooked in gaming. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like how often do people actually talk about like, Oh, Hey, how is the weather harming my characters or affecting me or like stopping us from doing the things we need to do? Yep, Exactly. And really, like, that is the major detriment to humanity in the world is weather all the time. Yep. And and we tend to gloss over it, I think, as, as humans, because it's so prevalent in our day-to-day -day lives that we just... And honestly, like, at this day and age, weather no longer really is terrifying to us unless it's extreme. Yep. So like the cold and stuff like that, we have jackets and, you know, we have flu shots and stuff. Get your flu shot. Um, <laughs> Always a good plug. Right. <laughs> and, but like, you know, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, a hundred years ago, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. yeah. And now you're setting a fantasy <laughs> setting where there is no modern technology in snow punk. <clears throat> even on top of that you have like tones and themes that go along with weather as like a backdrop to a story even, you know even more so i mean like you definitely have the human physical element of it but you also have like yeah it can be a backdrop to a story and set the tone from the start i mean if you look at so many like critical different scenes and uh, movies or whatever weather definitely Sorry, jets flying overhead. Just for example, Star Wars, which I just watched the other day, New Hope, you see like the different themes of weather, like the desert, you know, how that affects it. Or even in, uh, oh, I'm horrible, I'm not a Star Wars nerd. The one with the snow where Luke Skywalker had to cut a belly in the first, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you can see it there where it serves as a backdrop also. But I, I like, I like, I think weather's a critical part. And yeah, that's what pulled me into it also. I, my my pitch for writing on snow was Snowhaven was, hey Josh, I'm right in the middle of the polar vortex right now. I have so many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Which was literally, I'm like, well, I'm sure you can mine that for thought or like different concepts. So yeah, I was with you. Like that pitch got me. I was like, yeah, well, that sounds valid. <laughs> so uh, to bring this back around to werewolf, uh, yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> I guess my question is, how do we make the weather important to werewolf, like as the game, or even like characters? How do we get them to worry about, like, oh hey, this is the desert or a blizzard or something like that? Can 
um, umbral weather is definitely a thing. I, mm-hmm. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, from a from a game standpoint, like from a design standpoint, I would actually design rituals and stuff and um, fetishes and stuff around weather specifically. So mm, people that makes sense. pay attention to it. Yeah. So this fetish only works when it's <laughs> raining. Guess what? If it's not raining, it doesn't work. Mm. Well, that's an interesting idea. So initially I was thinking you were reacting to the weather. Like this is a fetish that keeps you protected from ice or snow. But I like the idea of like this is made from like a, a rain spirit or made with a rain spirit. So it's only going to apply if it's raining. Yep. I think that's cool. That's a cool idea. And protecting weather too is also a thing. Mm-hmm. So like you have to have an ice storm in order for this to work. It's going to protect you from it. But any other time, it doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that, too, is you could really, like, lean into that and be like, sure, you, like, uh, your pack might have all of these fetishes that protect you from this blizzard, but your kinfolk don't. And how are you going to protect them from the blizzard at the same time? And what if there are monsters in the blizzard and things like that? So I think that could be an interesting space to, to lean into and dig and play with. It- Exactly. And, and cities tend to have less weather than rural areas. Mm-hmm. So like in, in Wisconsin, a city may get dug out of a snowstorm within half a day, a full day if it's a bad one. In rural areas, like my parents live in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It took them four days for their, their um, uh, subdivision to get plowed out the last snowstorm that we had. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live in New England and my whole family live up there. So, and while we don't always have uh, as extreme weather as you do, it's can be absolutely the same where it's like a bad storm comes in and a week later you might get power back and hopefully your, you know, um, wood stove has been working well enough throughout that time frame that it wasn't too bad um, for that week. Yeah. And so, so like that should play out too, because most Karens, are in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm, right you know and you know or even like let's say you have a fetish that protects you from the cold but the rest of your pack doesn't they're still affected by it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have to deal with all okay. of like like sure you might regenerate but it still hurts it's still like not comfortable to be out in that sort of cold i mean think about when your hair gets frozen mm-hmm. like as as, a, as i have long hair and when it's cold out, it gets frozen. It, it is uncomfortable. Yep. And then your whole body now coated in hair. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, great. I'm in Krynos form, but still I'm cold and wet and uncomfortable and I don't like it. Which <laughs> is everything just, sucks. <laughs> right. And it's just going to make you more angry, which for a werewolf is just going to be more and more of a problem. Yep. And it, it continually compounds. So all the little things now mm-hmm. bother you. Yeah, mm, I think that's good. I think leaning into that and maybe like doing like a desert story and things like that. You could do a lot with the weather. So I'm on board. Oh, a desert story with a story with a scarce uh, scarcity of water. Oh yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, only- sure. You're a werewolf. You still need water. Right. The only problem with that is there's like some early level gifts that let you get water. The- which is great if people think about it. Right. You're like, hey, you're, by the way, everyone, you're going to be in the Gobi Desert. And people are like, okay, cool, no big deal. And then no one takes the gift. And you're like, well, I warned you. <laughs> yeah. 
or you could you could as a storyteller make it more challenging where there's just certain parts of the desert where all of the the spirits are gone oh yeah you can't draw upon that that power now because mm-hmm. the spirit for that power isn't there oh that's good too yeah because that adds just a couple of layers of like stress to the situation yeah I, I really like the um, the concept that's been used in a couple of of stories and settings and stuff where deserts are magic dead zones because somebody did something stupid a long time ago and killed everything off there. Mm. Yeah, I I like that too to some degree. My big problem is I've been to a couple of deserts and they're not as devoid as we kind of imagine they are going to be, and. For example, like um, the desert, the Sahara, um, or the Sahel, I should say, in Western Africa, like that area, like we envision it as being like sand dunes and so forth and so on. But there are tons of like animals and creatures and things there. So while, yes, I like the idea of it being like of there being like chunks of magic dead zones in there, I would also have like maybe... Um, a sand fox or something like that is a cairn, like steal the idea from the Rokea book where they have animals that are cairns and be like, well, this animal has like a, a, a extra spiritual essence to it and you can tap into it if you can make friends with it. Yeah. And I totally, I like that idea because yes, magical dead zone in spots, but everything, life finds a way mm-hmm. as the, you know, <laughs> as Jurassic Park has taught us. <laughs> Excellent movie. So uh, always a good life lesson (laughs) to lean on. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Crystal, thanks for joining me. I'm only doing this for a half hour, um, but I really appreciate you calling in and chatting. And Chris, if you're still there, thanks so much for calling in and, uh, and talking to us today. No problem. Yeah. Thanks to everybody that joined. I was asking questions and stuff too. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will talk to everybody again soon. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. Bye.